Hey guys, this is James. And Greg. We're the co-hosts of the Sports Dance Podcast, a weekly podcast recapping all the news, sports, daily fantasy, and anything else you can want to know in the sports world. If you like blazing hot sports takes, you like a little bit of humor, maybe a little bit of murder. No, just kidding. All sports. But follow us, uh, Greg. On Twitter at SportsStands underscore. You can follow James at SportsStandsJ. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, we got it all. At Boom. the SportsStands. And, you know, just check us out. You're going to love what we bring to the table. Every single week, hot takes, nothing less. The Sports Stance. Hey guys, welcome to the Sports Dance Podcast with Greg and James. I'm the second part, and with me, as always, he is firmly driving the Eagles bandwagon, ladies and gentlemen. It's Greg Cowan. What's happening, baby? I'm accepting applications for all bandwagon fans. Welcome aboard the Wentz wagon. Uh, next stop, we're you know we're gonna say uh, San Francisco. Yeah. Hey, uh, before we get into anything, Greg, uh, congratulations to you. Um, the Eagles have not been good in quite some time. I know they had the Mike Vick years. You had a little bit of Chip Kelly magic. Uh, Nick Foles uh, convinced everybody pretty convincingly that he was an NFL quarterback for a season. But this feels real. So I want to go ahead this and give nice. you a nice little pat on the back. Oh, thank you very much. It feels good. It feels good since the early days of Nab, towards the end of his uh, career, it was a little iffy. But it feels like we're back in the prime of the NFC Championship run. Hopefully, though, we win more than one out of five. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I want you to kind of experience what I've experienced through my entire adult life. But I knew it was coming. It's 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 tough because you can't really get there. Um, I mean, you're this is still new to you. You know what I mean? Winning winning to you as an Eagles fan is kind of you know you're in the honeymoon phase. I mean, we've we've been there before. It's not like we're the Browns or like you know one of these uh, other have you terrible though? teams. Let's be we, real. We, have we got you? a five year. We had a great five year run. NFC Championships five years in a row. Meaning we were one of the oh, top hey, three teams. Great. I hear they hang banners for the NFC Championships in Philadelphia. That's exciting. No, it's in Indianapolis. It's Look, in Indi- I, uh, I'm not trying <laughs> to criticize you. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to give you a compliment here. I think that you're in a wonderful honeymoon phase with winning. Uh, it's exciting. I, I, you know, it, it do, enjoy it while it lasts. I would say, do right. everything that those new couples do. Go apple picking. Uh, go to your pumpkin patches. Uh, enjoy those nights in where you're you're five and one and feeling great. Or the whole the whole kit and caboodle, Greg. Enjoy it. You're six mm-hmm. and one, right? Yeah, we're six and one. Uh, I'm a part of the team now. I don't know if you know this. When I say we. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I should be managing. I'm 7-0 in fantasy. I mean, I just can't be stopped there. So, Greg of the Eagles right now is making nauseating Facebook posts and posts and, and snapping really bad couples pictures that they find cute, but no one else does. And Oh, it's, it's adorable to watch. I re- it really is. Hey, don't hate the player. Don't be mad that your team's a loss behind on this. I mean, the Patriots are an ugly 5-2. and two, Don't get me wrong. Whatever you want to say, man. 5-2. Yeah, whatever you want to say. This is mine. Mine is a committed relationship, pal. Mine, mine is. Mine is too. I've been, on this, I've been in the, with this team with Deuce Daly, with Brian Dawkins. When it, I'm talking about a committed. Day. I'm talking about a committed relationship to winning. Mine's oh, a committed yeah, relationship well, to winning. You're still that. in the honeymoon phase with this whole thing, but me, there's gonna be a couple ugly years, man. There's gonna be some years where you're just gonna get by with sheer will. And guess what? Me and the Patriots will do it. Yeah, you know what? Patriots uh, and I. I'm a podcaster after yeah. all. Feel, feel good about yourself because guess what? That run of yours is going to be coming to an end in the next few years. And then you're going to be back to like where everybody else was. And it's, uh, are we going to make it or we're not going to make it? 
Brady doesn't turn 45 for another five years, Greg. So Carson Wentz will be out of the league by the time Brady's done. You you keep uh, drinking that juice. You keep drinking that juice. I am drinking juice. Thank you for noticing. Um, we have a lot to talk to. Uh, let's talk about today, Greg. We've got uh, the World Series has started. Uh, the NFL is in full swing. We're in mid-season form. We can comfortably say mid-season form. We can. Uh, and base and uh, basketball's back. We've lost. We've lost pretty much my entire attention uh, for the next. Uh, I mean, foreseeable future. Uh, yeah, until the finals iffy, uh, happen. Recording schedule may be iffy the next few uh, months because of you. We'll see what happens. But uh, all that and more uh, coming up in this podcast. Before we get into anything, uh, how you feeling? What's going on? I'm doing good. You know, came uh, back from New Jersey, took a trip down to New Jersey this weekend for a little event called The Hunt, which is basically just an all-day horse race drinking event where it's more so you drink and then you casually turn around and you go, oh my God, there's horses. That's basically the summary of it. Uh, you get really dressy, prepped up, and uh, it's a good time. And then I had my niece's uh, baptism on Sunday morning at 8 a.m. after all-day drinking. So that was that was fun. Very good. <clears throat> what about you? I'm actually kind of still nursing and being tired and feeling fantastic waking up that early. No worries. Uh, yeah, I don't, not, not much, not much going on in, uh, in the world of James here. Going to be on, got my big show on Netflix, uh, Mindhunter by David Fincher. All about, about ser- all about serial killers in the 1970s, uh, and profiling them for the FBI. Uh, it's up my alley. You know, it's a little bit of true crime, but also drama and prestige television. Big prestige TV guy, so I'm uh, I'm very excited to see that matriculate. And, Did uh, the sports stance be getting back into murder? <laughs> you never know. Uh, call back to the first episode, <laughs> and um, and I'm I'm getting into the Halloween spirit. I like Halloween. I like That's Halloween good. a lot. I don't do a ton for Halloween, but I really like the idea of Halloween. Do you get dressed up? Um, not really. You know, I like to do I like to do the minimal minimal outfit. You know, sort of thing. The classic is the Superman. I do the T-shirt underneath the uh, underneath the dress clothes for work. And I just pull up in my dress clothes and I got the Superman T-shirt on, and it's a it's a it's a riot. Do you yeah, do you wear it. the glasses that day though? Yep, yep. Right, always got to wear the glasses. Sure. Just gotta make sure you're sticking to it. So you know, I got that going. So I'm not like a big all-out for Halloween kind of guy. I just like the whole vibe. Everything's spooky. Everything's decked out in orange. There's cobwebs. There's you're ghosts. a big like Saw movie guy. I feel like too. Saw? Yeah. No. Really? I don't like any of the. I don't like anything that's gory or torturey. Huh, see, I, I love just, Saw. I, I don't like that. Now, I like the stuff that's like I like the stuff that's like creepy. I like creepy stuff, but I don't like gory stuff. Does so are you like sense? into like Jason and like the Michael, like Halloween, because it's kind of more of the creepy factor with a minimal. The earlier gore. stuff, yeah. Not before they got super like. Let's just figure out the most ridiculous ways to kill to kill people. Yeah. Like the original Halloween, I think, is just about as close to a perfect movie as you're gonna get. I think, I think that first Halloween is just fantastic. I think like movies like that, I think you're right. I think the one that really bothered me the most uh, that I can't watch like at all after seeing it one time is The Hills Have Eyes. Yeah, I've seen a, I've seen a couple of those. and I'm, I'm not a fan. Those are so those are more messed up than like even the Saw ones because the Saw is just plain gore where that's like something. I don't even know what that is. That's just like messed up. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the I like the ones that are much more kind of like psychological thriller and like implied violence if that makes sense rather makes than sense. like rather than just like i don't want to watch someone get like skinned alive or whatever the fuck so you like, like the movie, you like probably the movie uh seven with uh brad pitt oh i love seven that's yeah. a, that's a very good movie this time of year is great for those very creepy movies very very creepy 
Did you ever know? Did you ever know? Fun fact, slight spoiler: If you've never seen the movie, which it's been out like once a movie's been out for over ten years, I feel like I can spoil what happens yeah. in it because it's your own fault. Uh, earmuffs, if you don't. Uh, did you know Kevin Spacey refused to have his name mentioned at all in any of the press things for that movie because he didn't want people to uh, keep looking for him in the movie? And they knew if they kept looking for him, they'd eventually put it together like, oh, he must be the bad guy. He that's wanted very, it to be a huge that's part a very method thing to do, so I'm not yeah. to- totally surprised. Yeah, uh, he's he's reading it. 10, 15 minutes of that movie, I think, right? Yeah, but he's very good in those 10 to 15 minutes. So. Oh, yeah. Um, Josh, who you know from college, uh, whenever we see each other, or pretty often when we see each other, whenever we have any any question, we always yell at each other, what's in the box? Yep, and, that's uh, the best way to go about things. Yeah, it makes me laugh. Um, okay, cool. Let's get into sports now that we've rambled for a little bit. Um, I think we're going to start yeah, I off... I think we're going to start off this week like we do most weeks lately with the NFL. Yep. Week seven? Yeah, week, week seven is just yeah, put in the books. Week seven, yeah. Week seven was in the books. Um, we're going to talk about our takeaways and stuff like that. Overall takeaway, Greg, for me is that I, I can't fucking figure out this league. I have nope. no idea what's going on. No clue. Like, there's some teams that are, like, kind of starting to differentiate themselves a little bit, and and that makes me feel good, and that makes me feel like there's order in the world. But there is definitely, like, I, I, there's, like, six teams right now that I look at. And I'm like, what the fuck are you? Can you I know? try to guess which ones they are? Because I feel like I can. There are most of them, but go ahead. I'll, I'll give you my answer. You, you're going to name a team, and I'll tell you if I can't figure out what's going on with this team. Cowboys. Yeah, I don't really know what's going on with the team. Broncos. Um, I kind of know what's going on with their team. They don't have a quarterback. Tampa that, Bay. Yeah, I, I fell into the Tampa Bay. I do this every year. I'm pretty sure I did this last year, too, where I fell into the Tampa Bay is going to be good hype. I didn't even watch Hard Knocks, and I fell into it. Yeah, that, that's actually on the, more on surprising the than that you didn't even watch Hard Knocks and fell onto it. I always fall into it, dude. Every single year, I'm like, Tampa Bay is going to be good. Remember this next year when I'm like, oh, Tampa Bay is going to be good. And you're like, dude, you say it every year. Yeah, they're but I'm going to say it every year, and then you're going to take it back, and then they're actually going to be like, God damn, I should have said they were going to be good this year. I would have been on the money. Yeah. Probably. So Broncos and Tampa Bay, not really. I don't know. Um, I, Raiders? Raiders kind of are like a what-the-fuck team to me. Especially with the, the Redskins are very much like a what-the-fuck team to me. Like, are they good? Are they not good? Is Cousins sometimes good, sometimes bad? Kirk Cousins, uh, I come to the full-on conclusion that he's not worth $200 million. He'll put up stats and everything like that, but he cannot perform when it matters. Plain and simple. The Vikings are a team like that for me right now, where it's like, dude, who the fuck is playing quarterback for you right now? You're 5-2 and two and winning your division. Yeah, and there's not going to be a lot of challenging uh, in that division. They're going to they're gonna go to the playoffs, and I have no idea what's going on. They have a great defense. That's all We're I talking know. about the Bears are winning with completing seven passes total, or not even seven passes total, taking yeah. seven passes. Um, the entirety of the NFC South is perplexing to me. I have no idea what's going on in that division. Your, hey, your prediction from like three weeks ago, though, about the Panthers before the Patriots game is like finally coming to fruition where like they're not as good as everybody thinks they are. Right. Like, yeah, how do you lose 17-3? 17-3 to the Bears, and two of those scores are by one guy on the defense, both for 75-plus yards. And then my final what the fuck's going on is actually in the AFC East in my own backyard. The Dolphins can't can't pass for over 150 yards, yet are 4-2. and two. What's going on? Jay the Cutler Bills are... The Bills are beating really good teams by like, oh, like a field goal every week. And the, and the Bills are like four and two. Like, 
what's happening in the AFC East? Even the Jets are competitive. I don't know, but the Patriots haven't even gotten to like the thick of their AFC East schedule yet. And it could end up being very interesting of what happens to them. So my, my overall takeaway, Greg, in, in this week of the NFL is I just don't know what's happening. I think that could be like a new segment. Like every few weeks, it's just basically what the fuck's happening. Yeah, that's fair. It's a new James segment. Boom. You just put it in for yourself. Takeaway from you for this week? Uh, there's a injuries. I mean, just what is going on with this league? And if you are a, above 75 rating in Madden, be prepared to be out for the season. It's basically what I'm coming to. Uh, I was looking. Somebody put out an all injured or pup list team today. And if you look at the guys on this team, this team would never lose a game. I'm just going to give you some of the names that are on this list of who would be starting on this team. You tell me if you think this team loses to anybody this year or even the past few years. You have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. David Johnson, Dalvin Cook as your one-two punch. Then you have Odell, Julian Edelman, and Allen Robinson as your three wideouts. Greg Olson as your tight end. Now you have the man who uh, took over 10,000-something snaps to start his career, 11-year career, Joe Thomas as your tackle. And then Monday night, he's joined by all-time pro bowler, immaculate man Jason Peters on the other side. So then you have J.J. Watt on your defense. You have Haloti Nada as your defensive tackle. I mean, you have Eric Berry as your safety, and you have Janikowski as your kicker. Like, that's just even some of the names. That's not even everybody. That's the big names. Yeah, you could like put a bunch of scrubs with those guys, and all of a sudden you got something. Yeah, like just imagine. That's how many good players have been hurt this year. It's ridiculous. And Carson Palmer, yeah. you could add as the backup to Rodgers now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that it's tough because I saw another one too where it's like if you if you like 90% of the commercials that you're seeing are people that are that have been injured whether it's Aaron <laughs> Rodgers or Odell Beckham or JJ Watt or I mean like you kind of name it at this point Antonio Brown's like the only person who's holding out right now who's not totally injured from the commercials the NFL has a very serious um you know personality problem where you know they don't want anyone to be overly you know above the league sort of thing, but they've got no personality. They've got Tom no. Brady and name the next fame, next most famous person that's playing right now in the NFL besides Tom Brady. Uh, I would say the most one, cause he's up and coming and everybody now is just talking about him is Wentz. Maybe like he's the next guy that I keep seeing everywhere. And that's not, not just me being right. an Eagles fan. He's all over ESPN, NFL live. Like the, all the, yeah, but the problem is if Carson Wentz is your number two, that's not good. That's baseball. No, not, it's not good for a number two year guy to be a face. It's just like last year with Dak Prescott and Zeke. They were like the big faces. Everybody well, this, is what I, this is what I'm saying. Like basketball, I think if you walk down the street and ask a casual, just any casual like observer, name, name me a few basketball players. They could rattle off like, you know, like between five and ten. Yeah. And then right now with football, football is basically becoming baseball in my opinion, where it's like you have guys with no personality who – you know, are, are, are trying to, you know, make it, but there's so much turnover and there's so much year to year variance that doesn't really matter as much. And even like, the guys that are the big names in the NFL that have the personality don't even have like personality, like Brady, no offense, doesn't like do anything, like go out and do like all these things. He just literally has his press conferences and his commercials. I know. And, Rogers, and it's almost like, JJ, a, like, it's almost like a good thing too, because Brady's also like kind of weird. Like as yeah, someone seems it. As someone who's like obsessed with Tom Brady and like you know who really just thinks that he exemplifies excellence, like he's a weird fucking dude. 
Just, yeah. just to be totally honest. And you know what? So is Aaron Rodgers. So is JJ Watt. These guys are weird fucking dudes. Yeah, like JJ Watt sending out messages at two in the morning, being like, "In the gym, pushing tires. What are you oh, doing?" Oh yeah, like, it's, I'm it's crazy JJ. when like. It's crazy when like Odell Beckham and Gronkowski are the guys were like, well, at least these guys are like semi-normal. Yeah, but then we <laughs> yell, get mad at them because they're out partying and doing the normal thing 20-year-olds are doing. It's crazy. Um, I think that the NFL is going to have a reckoning when it comes to like they got to they gotta figure out a way to get more personalities involved in this thing because like what what's going on? You know, the like, biggest name behind Brady is probably Gronk right now. I mean, he's in that's the Dunkin' Donut commercials. He, have you seen the commercial where it's like the mom – sitting on the couch and the girl comes home from like soccer and she smells and the mom's like, that was practice. And it's like all of a sudden seven grown men all in soccer girl outfits, like with long hair. Gronk's one of the people in that commercial with like yeah. long girly hair wearing soccer cleats. Yeah. Gronk's pretty recognizable. <laughs> and just because he's fun and he's funny and people want to be around him. Like Cam Newton should be that guy, but. Yeah. Cam is probably another good candidate as well, but he's, he's had a, he's had a weird season and yeah. Now he feels like he's more known for, you know, weird, weird dressing. Russell dressing Wilson weird. was getting there. And then all of a sudden, yeah. like, he kind of just, like, dropped. He's a weird dude, too, dude. Like, Drew Brees? Drew, I would give it Drew Brees. Yeah. Drew Brees is a Drew couple commercials, but he hasn't been much lately. I don't know. Yeah, personality-wise, at least he's got something. Yeah, I'm talking about fame and personality and the whole thing. I, I just, I don't know. We'll see. Big um, takeaways that, from us with seven personalities and injuries. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. And not knowing what the hell is going on. Well, what do you mean? What do you what do you do? So if we go back to the if we go back to the like this next coming week, week eight, um, you know, most of these games I feel like could go either way, like legitimately, like the Bills versus Saints, for example, at one o'clock. Like I have no fucking idea what's going to happen in that game. Like normally yeah. I have like a general idea. I have no clue what's going to happen in that game. Chargers Jaguars. On paper, the Jaguars should thrash the Chargers. The Chargers might be actually really good. It's not Chargers Jaguars. It's Chargers Patriots this week. What am I looking at? Oh, I'm looking at Week Ten. Whoops, 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 whoops. <laughs> yeah, uh, why Week. Did I, why did I go all the way forward to that? Um, no, sorry. Week. It week has eight. What are we doing? a lot of back and forth games. There's only about three games, maybe I would say, that are guaranteed. Eagles should beat the Niners. Uh, yeah, that's true. Vikings should beat the Browns, and then that's true. Uh, it's kind of hard after that. I mean, I'd say Falcons should beat the Jets. I don't be able the Jets have been to put it in your words as the Yankees were unnervingly frisky. Like they're putting up a fight every game. The right. chargers, I'm not even going to say are an easy beat for the Patriots because they've won three straight. They have a decent offense. Their defense is pretty good. And we've seen that the Patriots outside of this past week that apparently facing the Falcons shows the Patriots can have a defense. Like it's the first no, time. The Patriots to me, I'm not. I'm not as worried about the Patriots. You know, I know that they're an ugly five and two. What everyone says, the the Patriots have played them. Wh- have played their way into shape. The last two games, they've let up not that many points. Even if the defense doesn't look great, the, the at the beginning of the year, the Patriots were a bend don't break defense. Now they're just a they're they're, they're bend and break defense at the beginning of the year. Now they're a bend don't break defense. So yeah, as, but the Chargers much- are a team that if the Patriots don't go in ready to take them on could be that team that is like, hey, we can beat you easily. Like, See, I, t- I totally disagree. I think this team is – I think this Chargers team is, is, is such a non-threat. It's crazy. I, 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 I totally – I, yeah, I totally think that – I think this game is – I actually honestly think that this game is going to be a dismantling. All right, so that's Patriots clearly not a game you're looking forward to then this week outside of just being a fan. 
just, just being a fan, I wouldn't watch this game if I was if I was like a non-Patriots fan. I wouldn't watch the Patriots Chargers. I have no. There's no compelling reason for me to watch the Patriots Chargers. Other than yeah, that, I'm literally only going to watch them because I'll probably have no, the, the games this week that you probably want to watch just from just from a you know entertainment standpoint is uh, the the Texans and Seahawks. I think that's a really good game. Yep. Um, I think that actually, I think that the Steelers and Lions will be a decent game, the Sunday night game. I think Cowboys Redskins could be decent. That'd be pretty good. All the interdivision games look pretty good, whether that's Cowboys Redskins or whether that's um, you know Bucks Panthers. I want to see uh, Chiefs Broncos. Chiefs, yeah, that's another good one. Only just to see. Uh, I want to see if the Chiefs can kind of bounce back. They've had a two-game slide, and I want to see if the Broncos show any sort of life because they've just looked. Bleh. I don't. I don't know the sound to make to describe what they've been the past two weeks. I just, I, everyone was talking themselves into Trevor Simeon after the first couple of weeks, because the, those first few weeks, the Broncos look like world beaters. Hey, uh, everyone except you and I, my friend, I am not, I've never said Trevor Simeon is good. That's true. I kind of bought into it a little bit, but at the same time, like I don't watch enough of the Broncos to really see the dude's not very good at quarterback. And no. there's a reason why he went in the seventh round, like not a lot of seventh round quarterbacks end up working out. And by the way, what happened to Paxton Lynch? I thought he was like a guy there. He, he is. Um, I think John Elway doesn't like his mustache or something. Did they just whiff know. on that? That's just like a that's just like a wasted pick sort of thing. It it feels like it, but how do you know unless you actually let him play a couple games? Like this is what's driving me nuts with the Browns right now and Deshaun Kaiser. Hugh Jackson was like, "Listen, I'm going to give him his up and downs. I'm going to stick with him. I'm going to be with him." The past two, he has played two full games. He got taken out of one because of injury. He didn't even start one. And then two of the games he was in, he got pulled out in the third quarter and one in the fourth quarter. And the fourth quarter one was the most recent one. It's like, you can't do that to a rookie quarterback that you were trying to develop and showing that you literally have no confidence in him, no matter how crappy he's doing. You got to let him try to develop and do something and show you maybe just on one drive that he's learning. Yeah, I guess. But I don't know. If I'm, if I'm the Broncos, I'm very concerned that Paxton Lynch can't beat out Trevor Simeon for the starting job. Or Brock just do it back to that. Like or Brock, Brock Osweiler came in as the replacement. They didn't even have Lynch suit up the one game. Yeah, it's tough. It's nice. Um, okay, so we're looking forward to those games this week. Anything else you want to touch on the NFL? I felt like there was something. Uh, oh, uh, I feel like we should really quickly touch on just how crazy of an ending was that Thursday night game for Oakland Chiefs. Did you see it? I didn't see the ending of it, to be did honest you, with you. Did you yeah. see the highlights? Because it was nice. I did, yeah. Like... I don't think you'll ever see a crazier ending to a game potentially than that with three no time on the clock left plays. Yeah, the um, Thursday night is randomly very back, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, the past two Thursday night games have been fantastic. What is it this week? Oh, it's going to go right downhill. Uh, Uh, Dolphins, Ravens. I don't know. It could be interesting. Come on. No, no. Don't don't do this right now. That's going to be a that's going to be a shit game. Actually, Everyone I know it's going to be a shit game because Jay Cutler's not actually in it. If Jay Cutler was in it, I would have given you at least like a little bit of a pushback. I think that's going to be a better game without Jay Cutler. I think that Matt Moore is a much better quarterback. I think, surprisingly, Colin Kaepernick's going to come running out of the... F- oh, <laughs> no, he's not. Yeah, probably not. You got um, what I am most excited game. about is uh, the, the Vikings-Browns. And just a quick little plug for myself, Greg. Uh, the Vikings defense was just sitting there on the waiver wire in fantasy. Just sitting there, ripe for the picking, and they're playing the Browns this week. And I said, "Yeah, thank you very much." Little boom, boom, boom. Uh, and I'm gonna put, I'm playing the Vikings and the Browns, and it's the first one. So I wake up, have a little bit of coffee, and watch the Vikings dismantle the Browns. 
uh, and rack up the defensive points. I'm you very know, excited. I'm glad I'm not facing you, but I'm looking to extend my fantasy team to eight, you know, because after uh, last week, uh, a buddy of ours who we were facing, shout out to uh, Jewett, if he's actually listening, uh, he went to bed all cocky. Uh, he sent me a text after that first drive by the Eagles where they went three penalties to get back to their, their one and then once through the interception saying, uh-oh, because I was playing him. He was up 106 to 67 against me. I had Wentz, Ertz, and the Philly kicker. Uh, yeah, guess who won that? Uh, yeah, I actually saw that. I was looking I at the score. crushed him. I crushed him 127 to 106 by the end of that game. You know that I've got no life if I'm looking at other people's fantasy scores from the weekend. It was bad. I do the same thing. Don't worry. Okay, let's move on. We're going to go quickly. Uh, we're going to go to the MLB, I think, and then we're going to finish off with some NBA predictions. The MLB yep. World Series started last night. The Dodgers took a one nothing lead off of the backs of home runs from Corey Taylor and Justin I'm, Turner. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, yeah, Wentz with a beard is basically this guy. <laughs> Dude, that beard's so good. Um, tonight, um, so, so last night, if you're listening to this when we actually put it out, uh, we're going to have Justin Verlander on the mound for the Astros. Um, and then for the Dodgers, I didn't pull this up beforehand. I, I believe up it's Rich Hill. Thing. Yes, it is Rich Hill, actually. I'm so good. So it's, I just watch baseball. It's Hill versus Verlander um, going into tonight. I think that they should have pitched, Ver, pitched Verlander last night in game one. I'm actually in one way surprised they're not pitching him in. Didn't save him to game three. He has been amazing in Houston. And not as great on the road, but I mean, it, it's the World Series. You're going to start your two best pitchers no matter where you are at this point. That's but I feel actually like he's why been much I, better than he's been much better than Keiko. Um, he is, but I mean, at the same time, Keiko has also won a Cy Young. He's still an amazing pitcher. I don't think Verlander makes a difference. Yesterday, it may have been a one-one. Maybe then you see what goes. But Keiko, I think, gave you a better shot to at least potentially win that game. Where Verlander, I think, has the edge against Hill tonight. So you're hoping to – all the Astros wanted to do was win one in L.A. You win one right. in L.A., you go back to Houston where you've won six straight games at home in the playoffs, and you hope for the best there and hope that you finish it off there. If anything, come back for game six in L.A. Um, so what do you think is going to happen this season, uh, series, um, predictions, anything like that? Uh, I mean, overall, it should be the Dodgers series to win. They've been the most dominant team in baseball for the majority of the season. They have three guys that on their pitching staff would be the number one for any team. They have Kershaw, obviously, who went last night, shut up all the postseason, can't handle it, haters, finally. So, felt good for him. Uh, you have Rich Hill tonight, and then you have you Darvish going in game three. Literally just three number one aces. And Houston is good offensively, but the Dodgers are just as good. I think, though, overall, their pitching is what really pushes the edge over to them. So, I'm going to go with the Dodgers. I'm going to go within six. I think Houston at least gets it back to LA mainly because they're a scrappy team and they've been impressive for the most part. Yeah. I think the biggest thing for the Dodgers is that like, uh, like you've seen a million times with, with playoff teams. It's like, you know, you take your starter out in like the sixth inning and like the seventh, eighth and ninth, you end up like, you know, walking somebody or the bullpen caves like for one inning and that's the inning that crushes you and the Dodgers just don't have that problem, you know. They don't. And Houston uh, does have such it. a good bullpen. And yeah, and Houston really does. Um, I also think that even if he's kind of hitting, um, you know, even if he's hitting like sixth in the lineup, um, having Corey Sager back is so huge. Like that's your best player besides Turner all year. Um, and I, I think that putting him in the lineup 
makes a difference. I really do. Um, yeah. I, you know, just for, um, just having your complete team there is a different mindset than like, all right, now we got to kind of have like these six, seventh and eighth hitters really kind of, you know, come up. It's a murderer's low murderer's row lineup for the Dodgers. Um, so I think that they're, uh, you know, they got, and they got some great pitching and a great bullpen, you know, they don't have yeah. a ton of glaring weaknesses right now. No, I think not. the uh, I think the X factor is going to be the Altuve Correa one two punch uh, for the for the Astros. Um, Altuve was terrifying as a Red Sox fan pitching to this guy, uh, and I heard a, a good podcast with Dallas Braden, um, you know, over at the Barstool Network, who you know uh, was for the Diamondbacks. He was talking about how Altuve is the hardest person to game plan for because he hits everything. It's like, there's no yeah. weak spots in his, in his, uh, you know, in his game. He's really he a young Pedroia type hitter where Pedroia literally hit everything. Yeah, exactly. Off speed stuff, you know, inside, outside, up, down, small strike zone. So it's tough to get in there. Um, so, I mean, it, I think that he's the X factor and Correa, who's obviously got all like, you know, all five tools that you want out of a, out of a, you know, M- potential MVP candidate at some point in his career. Oh yeah. No, so, definitely. We'll be up there. <laughs> I think that the Dodgers will probably win. I'd like the Astros to win because of the storyline, but at the end of the day, the Dodgers look like – I mean, they, it just looks like their year. Yeah, and I mean, the only thing – the biggest thing actually, which is sad, that came out of game one wasn't even the fact that Dodgers won. Uh, it's, again, the umpires. Uh, more contra. I don't know. Did you hear about the umpire last night, the home plate ump? No. So last night, the big thing that everybody was talking about on Twitter, all the different social media networks, outside of just Kershaw, you know, being pretty good – was the home plate umpire strike zone. It's, again, strike zones always seem to be the issue. Uh, Just one small stat to throw out, and you can give your opinion and think what you think about this. Um, They basically said the home plate ump was giving a little too favorable calls to the Dodgers. And so, you know, they do strike zone top, middle, bottom. So they do percentages of what strikes were called. Kershaw had a 47% lower strike zone call rate, whereas Keuchel had a only 26% lower strike zone call rate for balls that were all in the same vicinity. So they're basically what they're saying is Keiko didn't get the calls low where Kershaw was getting them, which changes the hitter's mindset when you're getting certain calls on you compared to when you're not getting them. Yeah, definitely. Not ideal. Maybe it was Larry King who was in the front row that was whispering the umpire, hey, give him this call. Yeah. Never know. Quick also, one last thing, not World Series related. As Red Sox fans, sorry, buddy, if you hate the Red Sox, what do you think about the Alex Cora manager signing? I don't really know much about Cora in terms of a manager. I thought that he was a decent player. Um, I, I don't know. Baseball managers are kind of, to me, like basketball coaches where it's like I, I can only I, – I, I don't know, especially when the players come directly from, you know, playing. Not that Cora did that. Cora was a bench coach for a little bit. Um, but – you can't really go for baseball managers and for, and for basketball coaches, you can really only go with what the clubhouse guys say about him. And it's tough to, it's tough to find anything bad about Alex Cora right now. He's always been a very likable dude. Um, I have no idea how he, how he, you know, how we'll be able to manage a game. I have no idea how, you know, he utilizes a bullpen. I have no idea what his thoughts are on, you know, uh, defensive shifts, which has become a huge, huge thing right now in the MLB. Mm. Um, you know, I don't really know if he can help Mookie Betts and Xander Bogarts get to get back to their like 2015, 16, excuse me, 2015, no, 2016, 2016 form where Mookie was an uh, MVP candidate and bet and, uh, and, uh, Bogarts is coming up. So I have no idea, you know, 
Um, I think that he's very well liked, which is a very which is a good start. Better than John Farrell, and he's closer in age to the players. Um, yep. You know, John Farrell was, despite the fact that he won a World Series, was a pretty uninspiring manager, uh, and he yeah. had some issues with the bullpen. Being a hitting coach is kind of weird, uh, and yeah, it was just a lot of wonky coach. stuff. It didn't sound like, uh, sorry, pitching coach. And there's just a bunch of wonky stuff with him. It, like, it didn't sound like he ever had complete control of the clubhouse, and that's not really what you want out of your manager. So, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm holding judgment on the core thing until I kind of see what they do next year. I got to say, for not having much of an opinion or thought on the whole matter of knowledge, you had a lot to say, and it was pretty good. I got to give you that. I appreciate it. I basically agree with everything you said. Uh, I'm excited about Cora. I think he's going to be good for the young guys. He's known as being a good guy with the young players. Uh, I know when he was a player for the Red Sox, a lot of people give him credit for helping Pedroia kind of get acclimated into the clubhouse, into the Red Sox, yeah, and into sure. everyday Major League Baseball life. So we saw what happened with Pedroia. Let's hope he can continue that with all the other guys. Yeah, I'm less worried about Cora and more worried about what Dambrowski is going to like, you know, give away this year to get the next hot free agent that's coming up. Which, you know, don't, uh, if, Gian, if, Giancarlo if, Stanton, uh, he was on Jimmy Kimmel last night saying uh, I, he wouldn't mind playing and being a DH for the Red Sox. I would love Giancarlo Stanton. Don't get me wrong, but you know, if they go and give fucking um, what's his face from the Cubs? Uh, I forget his name. Um, oh God, I can't believe Schwarber. I'm talking on his name. Huh? Schwarber? No, who's the who's the pitcher? Oh, Quintana. No, not Quintana. It's the fucking dude. That's... Oh, Arietta. Thank you. If you go <laughs> and give Jake Arietta, you're going to go and give Jake Arietta like $250 million better. You know, and like somehow give a prospect up while doing it. I'm not in on that. So I'm more, I'm more scared of Dembrowski than I am of Cora. No, yeah, I, I get that. They definitely won't go after Arietta. They have no reason to, especially with price and uh, yeah, they had no they reason to go after half the guys they went after, bro, and yeah. they're going to go after him anyway. Um, my hope is if they go after Stanton and give up a few prospects and maybe a player or two on the roster, uh, they would have to go probably give an outfielder. And sorry, Jackie Bradley, out of the three outfielders, I would pick you because I like that. Oh, my boy, JBJ. I know, he's so good. But if they don't give him up, I don't know how they keep that core of guys without doing it. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, okay, cool. Let's move on quickly to, to our NBA thoughts. Sport. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Just to finish it out, we don't need to go crazy on this because it's week one. No, um, just some, just some one week wisdom. Great week, though. By the way, I just want to—I want to shout out the NBA right now um, for giving us a, a phenomenal week of basketball. Um, there were some great games, some close finishes. Um, the bad teams actually playing each other are pretty, uh, pretty entertaining. Like the Magic and Nets game last night was phenomenal. <laughs> I thought that, Magic, that was a great Magic game. Magic three and one now. Like. Magic at three and one. Aaron Gordon scored forty one points and went five for five from three. Yeah, that's that, a that's, that doesn't happen for Aaron Gordon often. No, definitely not. So um, I think in the NBA, if you want to look at any sort of week one um, storylines, I think the main one's got to be Giannis. That yeah. dude is unreal. He is uh, he's just phenomenal. He's just another species. He's he's not he's not human. Um, it's it's unbelievable. He literally is, you know, his, his arms are so long. I, I saw a few when he was playing Boston. One of the highlights is very funny. He started on the right side of the basket, drove full speed, jumped in the air, and then moved his arms almost all the way past the backboard on the other side of the basket to flip the ball in to go yeah. over two players. I mean, I it's that. just that it's. <laughs> 
it's unfair, dude. Like, it's unbelievable. I mean, there's nothing that this guy can't do besides maybe shoot a jumper. But it, honestly, with his length, he doesn't really totally have to right now. No, did you see the play uh, the other night? I forget. I think it was – I forget who it was against. Where he literally stole – the ball was stolen. He got the ball at half court, took, I think, two steps, and then just dunked it. Like, yeah. that's how long he is. That like, He doesn't even have to take more than two or three steps to go a full half court of the – of the court, I guess that was a dumb way to say that, but it you get what I mean, folks. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean he's absolutely he's absolutely unbelievable. I think that he's uh, he's a perennial MVP candidate. He's 22 years old, by the way. I just want to yeah. throw that out there. Doesn't turn 23 until December. Makes so me feel quick. bad about myself. <laughs> I mean, the, this dude is unbelievable. He's 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 23 years old. He's averaging over 30 points a game. That's obviously not going to continue, right? I mean, he's at like he's he's got our, our usage rate right now that like rivals russell westbrook's last year no it's gonna happen i think it's gonna happen but i think that if you're the bucks you gotta be very happy with yourself and if you're every other fucking nba team okay so like the sixers for example this boggles my mind the sixers have taken a flyer on everyone with a high ceiling in the last like five drafts like that's been their whole mentality like let's take some guys who are potentially you know um you know high ceiling dudes that we can kind of groom and eventually will become you know, uh, all stars because we can we can get bring them up in our system. Yep. Yet somehow the Sixers didn't bother taking a look at fucking the seven foot dude who moves like a gazelle. Like, what's going on, dude? What about the? It was the Cavs year with the number one pick, and they picked Anthony Bennett instead of Giannis. I mean, that's not great. Yeah, definitely. But you you can. There's a ton of criticism about that Anthony Bennett pick, and I think Griffin just way, talked about it. Anthony actually. Bennett, people, if you don't know, is was a basketball player. I don't know if he still is, <laughs> but he was the number one pick like three years ago. And more than that, he's was. like in a McDonald's now, just eating his feelings away. The other thing that really bugs me is that we took Kelly Olynyk before uh, Giannis as a Celtics fan, and I'm the biggest Kelly Olynyk stan in the entire world. He was so good. But uh, but that's making that's making me really upset right now. Um, okay, so Giannis is the major is the major storyline I think so far yep. uh, in the NBA. Um, you know, if you want to talk about how the Wizards are, assuming not the Wizards, how the Warriors are a little too feisty for their own good. I actually had that list. Yeah. I said Warriors too cocky. Uh, yeah, they're a little bit too they're a little bit too cocky for their own good. There are they're only two and two right now. You know, Curry and Durant got ejected from a game. Draymond, I don't know if you've seen any of the clips online. He is in peak shit talking mode. Yeah, I don't know why he's in such a high mode right now. Like, did you see him on the bench when some guy came in? He was like, Who's that? I don't even know who is that. Yeah, and then Dennis Smith Jr. the other night went up for a dunk against him and uh and and you know, Draymond sort of blocked it, but then started wagging his finger right in the like literally right in the dude's yeah. face and said, You'll never dunk on me. Yeah, and he's like, like Don't ever think you will. I was like, He's, I was like, I can't wait for the next matchup. I just want them to set it up somehow yeah. so bad. Definitely. Um, so I think that that's a big story. Uh, you know, the, the, the Warriors may be a little bit too much for their own good. I think that they're, they're starting to kind of embrace the villainous aspect of how, of how good they are. Yeah, they're fucking they're Death like the wrong team to do it. And I agree. They don't have the personality except for maybe Draymond. They have Draymond, but like Clay can't do it. Uh, you right. can't have Steph do it. Steph throws a mouthpiece because he's angry. And looks like a kid throwing a tantrum. KD right. then just, I don't even know what KD's situation is. Did you see his pregame like dance routines? It's like the weirdest thing. He just oh, like dude. hops with himself. KD, it's like odd. KD right now is like, he's the, he's the single most compelling, but also fucking weirdest dude in the NBA. Like, like can't get a read on him at Like people used to hate on LeBron and just get on him for every you little thing. You read on LeBron. You know what I mean? Yeah, but like KD... 
I can't get a read on this dude at all. I can't, no, I can't get a read on him at all. Um, another thing I took away from week one is how come when we have to trust the process, whoever the process takes that year always gets hurt, like at the beginning of the season. The Sixers misdiagnosing and and just bungling injury uh, injuries to their star players is legitimately concerning. Like every single year, it's Embiid, it's Simmons, now Fultz is out at least three games because he had to build – First, they reported it was fluid drained from his shoulder. Then they had to come up saying, actually, it was fluid put into his shoulder because of, like, his bone and his shoulder is rubbing and he can't shoot a shot to save his life. Right. Yeah, that's not a, it's not a great sign. Um, Philadelphia should be pretty concerned with Fultz. And I got to be honest, dude, that's another thing that's coming up, Danny Ainge. That's, like, one more thing that's, like, yep. Danny Ainge. I don't think that he saw that Fultz was, like, you know, like, injured or whatever. I think that he saw something with Fultz and said, you know what? I like this Tatum kid, and that's that's paying big dividends. Yeah. The one thing that Philly fans should be pretty happy about is that Ben Simmons look like a bon- looks like a bona fide man out there. Yeah, he looks like he'll be. Uh, I think he's now. I think I'm right. He's the front runner. I think for Rookie of the Year because he can put. I know yeah. Lonzo can put up triple doubles, and we can talk about Lonzo if you want to. But no, I'm good. Ben Simmons um, can put up triple doubles, but also put up more than ten points while getting those triple doubles. Yeah, I think the only com- competitor to him right now is Tatum, but uh, just because of the amount of workload that he's going to need to shoulder going forward. But um, you don't think Josh on the Suns? I'm still no. I'm still also coming off of a high of last night of Brown and Tatum just looking like absolute studs. Yeah, they look but, good. Uh, but Ben Simmons is probably the number one. I think the final thing that I want to end on in the NBA is that uh, we totally missed this in our preview or whatever. But um, you know, Blake Griffin could be a legitimate MVP candidate. Yeah. I think that I think that there's not like he looks totally healthy. Uh, he he's dunking on people again. Um, he can stretch the floor. Now that Chris Paul is gone, he's like kind of their main facilitator. Like Austin Rivers is playing a lot of off ball. Pat Bev is playing a lot of off ball. Um, so Blake Blake is kind of the facilitator. And I mean, this dude is like you really do forget how good he is at basketball. Yeah, he's a freak when it comes and, to basketball in general. And not even just from a physical standpoint, like this dude just knows how to play. Like he's now entering, he's 28 years old. He's right in his prime. He legitimately looks, he looks to me like the, the dunk that he had against Gobert last night. Like that's the number one, that's number one defensive center in the entire Eastern conference. He might, he's in the top three of defensive players in the year of the league. And Blake Griffin dunked on him. Like he was a fucking AAU kid out there. Dude. Like it <laughs> yeah. was unbelievable. I like the little uh, stiff arm down and everything. Yeah. The, Cl- the Clippers are three, three and oh. And I think that, you know, we talked a lot about like Kawhi as an MVP and, and all this kind of stuff. We, we missed the boat on Blake. I think that that's going to bite us in the ass a little bit. I, I don't think we missed out on Blake. It's just, I think Blake kind of, we forget about him because he just ends up usually halfway through the year getting a 20 game injury or three months. Right. This something happens. So we kind of we'll take him to the side. Right? It's kind of one of those take it week by week. If he's healthy, hey, we keep moving him up. Yeah, I agree. Uh, one last thing I think we should touch on. What do you think about the whole uh, Eric Bledsoe situation? I think the Suns are a mess. I would want to get out of there too. And where do you think he goes? I I have no idea. You know, I mean, it's easy to pinpoint things that would benefit clutch sports because that's who he's, he's represented by, but you know what? The, the Suns average age I saw somewhere is like 23. Um, he's 27 and he wants to go somewhere like he's tired. He's tired of wasting away his prime on bad teams. You know, the Clippers were decent, uh, you know, but, but kind of after he got there 
Um, you know, the Suns have been bad for a while. I, I would be pissed off if I was him too. I don't want to be part of a rebuild. I don't want to watch Devin Booker take, you know, 50 shots a game, whatever the fuck he's doing. You know, I mean, I want to go somewhere where I can, you know, flourish and have a chance to compete. And, and he's not, you know, Eric Bledsoe was talked about by a lot of people uh, of being a very good, if not high quality NBA point guard. And just because he's been wasting away on a Suns team for the last two years, uh, it, it's pretty tough to imagine that situation right now. So I'd be pissed if I was Eric Bledsoe. I want to go somewhere. Yeah. My guess is if he does get traded, if they somehow get him to a competitor and then get some decent return on, I think the perfect spot for him would be San Antonio. Yeah, they probably need him. They probably could use him. Especially because I just saw somewhere Parker is like out. Yeah, that's probably that's probably a good spot. You know, the Cavs are always a landing point, but they've got nothing to give up, so they're not going to no. give up for anything for Eric Bledsoe. Um, the only other thing that I would potentially look at would be, you know, why don't you know think about the Nuggets for a second, just because they've got some they got some nice pieces, um, and they could give up like a Moutier, for example, and, yeah. and play him and play him with uh, with Jokic, and I think that that would be a nice combination. Yeah, no, uh, it definitely makes sense, uh, especially with uh, Millsap there now too in Denver. That'd be, a, nice that'd be kind of a frisky team in the Eastern Conference. It would. That would be a team that Western could maybe uh, question our whole who's making the playoffs. Yeah, you never know. Um, all right, man. I think this is good. It was. I enjoyed it. Uh, next time, I think maybe maybe people will get into like some deeper NBA talk. Maybe we can touch on David Stern saying uh, weed shouldn't, which should be allowed in the NBA. Well, that's a good tease for next time. Every maybe. single person, I did not think it would be David Stern. Just look at David Stern, people, if you've never seen him. Yeah, and that's, think that's, about that. that's a comment that came out of nowhere. Um, all right, man. Well, I'm, uh, I'm happy. This is a good episode. Um, follow us on all the sport, social media and all that kind of good stuff. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. All right. See you guys later. The Sports, the sports Dance. dance.